Welcome to the Overcomer Podcast, the podcast that takes you inside the Word of God and reminds you that if you're in Christ, you are an overcomer. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. So just sit back, relax, grab your Bible, and join me. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Overcomer Podcast. In this episode, we'll be addressing the most important subject anyone could ever address. What is that subject? Find out next. Greetings everyone and welcome to another episode of the Overcomer Podcast. Uh, Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, from the last few episodes there we're not going to do a a devotional today we're not going to do the interludes and all that fancy stuff Um, i want to keep today's podcast very simple there's a subject that's been on my heart for the past week or so and it's kind of it kind of goes in line with what we addressed when we talked about false doctrine and false teachers Um, We talked about the counterfeit. We talked about a false gospel. I want to talk about the real gospel in today's episode. And I hope that you'll hang with me. Today's episode is not going to be as long as the last few episodes. I just, I wanted to keep today's episode very simple. So if you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 1. And we're going to get right into the teaching Uh, for today, Romans chapter 1, and I want to begin in verse number 14, and we're also going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Romans chapter 1, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and Romans chapter 1 verse 14 reads like this, the apostle Paul says, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. I want to stop reading there. That was Romans chapter 1, verses 14 through 17. And I'll go ahead and confess to you, the the last few episodes in the teaching, I've I've went from notes, uh, I went into deep study, uh, prepared, you know, manuscript, I had an outline, I had all those things. Today's episode, I just want to teach to you from my heart, and I know uh, that's frowned upon in certain uh, circles, but I want to preach to you from my heart in today's episode because there's no greater there's no greater topic than the, the subject of the gospel, and today's teaching is going to be mainly topical in nature. I know the last three episodes, we've done... Uh, expositional teaching we've gone uh, verse by verse and we've 
we've mined the riches that is within the text. But today I want to I want to go topical uh, just for an episode. I want to talk about the gospel and what the true gospel really is. Uh, the word gospel in the New Testament. It is a word that just simply means good news. The gospel is good news. And before you can understand the good news of the gospel, you've got to understand the bad news. The gospel is good news. As a matter of fact, the gospel is great news. The gospel is the best news that you'll ever hear in your life. And I told you from the outset, there's not a greater subject. There's not a greater topic you could discuss. There's not a greater thing to talk about than the gospel. There's all kinds of bad news in today's culture. You turn on the the television and watch the news, you're going to be bombarded with bad news. You scroll through social media, uh, whether it be Facebook or Twitter or whatever uh, whatever platform you're using, you're going to get bombarded with bad news. But you know what? I want to take this opportunity, this episode, to explain to you that there's good news. The gospel is good news. The gospel is the greatest news you'll ever hear. So if you're in search for good news, I want to give you some in today's episode. The apostle Paul said, as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel. Paul said, I am eager to preach the gospel. Paul said, look, I am chomping at the bit to use an old Southern expression. I am chomping at the bit. Paul had the preacher's itch. Paul was ready. Paul was eager to preach the gospel to the Romans. He said, I am am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul said, I am eager, I am ready and eager to declare the good news. But you see, in order to understand the good news, then you've got to understand the bad news. So I want to turn, I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 3. It's just one page over to the right. Romans chapter 3, and I want to begin in verse number 9. I told you in order to remember, in order to understand the good news, you have to understand the bad news. And I'm going to try my best to move quickly uh, through this. So just bear with me. But in Romans chapter three and verse nine, Paul says, what then are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. I want to stop right there. Paul said, Paul is asking a rhetorical question. This is a question that Paul already knows the answer to. And one thing you'll notice about the writings of Paul is that Paul, Paul could have been a lawyer. Paul, what's the word I'm looking for? Paul methodically unpacks. He methodically presents his case as a lawyer, progressively, emphatically, methodically, strategically, whatever word you want to use. Paul progressively and methodically 
lays out his case for the gospel. You'll find it all throughout Paul's writings. And I want to say this. The gospel of God, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, because there's a lot of counterfeit gospels out there, and we we touched on that subject when we talked about false teachers. There's a lot of false gospels out there. Study Galatians. There's a lot of false doctrine. There's a lot of heresy. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that masquerade as the true gospel, but they're not the gospel. There's only one gospel. And that gospel is the the death, the burial, the resurrection. That is the gospel. Nothing else but that is the gospel. The gospel is good news. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is good news. But you see, in order to understand that good news, you've got to understand that there's bad news. Paul says, what then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. He's saying, look, are we Jews? And you got to go back and study this in the context. In Romans chapter 2, Paul is addressing, he's addressing the Jews. He says in verse 27, And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision doth transgress the law. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. What advantage then hath the Jew? He says, look, are we Jews any better than the Gentile? No. He said, look, you, religious Jews, you think that, that being circumcised outwardly is what justifies you. You think that being circumcised outwardly in accordance with the law of Moses, you think that that's going to get you into heaven. He said, look, that, that does not impress God one bit. Your religious show is not good enough to get you into heaven. What profit is there of, of circumcision? And look, it's not he that's a Jew outwardly. That's circumcised of the flesh outwardly. It's he that's a Jew inwardly. And who is circumcised of the heart. And Paul says, look, what then? Are we Jews better than they, Gentiles? Are we better than the Gentiles? He says, no in no wise. Absolutely not. Are the Jews better than the Gentiles? No. And I'll flip the script since I'm a Gentile. Are we Gentiles any better off than the Jew? No. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles both. And I'll go and I'll go so far as to say this. The religious and the non-religious. We're all under sin. And Paul is about to make that case. That they are all under sin. And that phrase, all under sin, it indicates being sold into bondage to sin. The bad news is that we are all slaves to sin. It doesn't matter who you are. Understand what I'm saying. Understand what the Bible is saying. All under sin, Jew and Gentile. It, it, absolutely, it makes no difference 
if you're a Jew or if you're a Gentile. And a Gentile is anyone who is not a Jew. And you know what? Those of you that, that know the gospel, those of you that know your Bible, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. This episode is a refresher course for many of you probably. But you know what? The good news of the gospel implies bad news. And the bad news is we're sinners. Every one of us, we're sinners. He says in verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. I've sinned. I'm a sinner. As a matter of fact, I was born into this world as a sinner. We are, we are sold under sin. We're in bondage to sin. And there's absolutely nothing we can do to escape the bondage of sin. We are sold into sin. Adam and Eve sold us out in the Garden of Eden. We're in bondage to sin, and there's absolutely nothing we can do. It doesn't matter how religious you are. And you see, that's the point that Paul is making in Romans 2 and in Romans 3. He says, look, you can be circumcised in the flesh. You can keep the law of Moses. You can be the most religious person that's ever lived. And you know what? It's not going to do you any bit of good. We have a saying here in Georgia. And if you grew up in, in church in the state of Georgia, then you're going to know what I'm, about, what I'm about to say. It's not going to amount to a hill of beans. Makes absolutely no difference. Doesn't matter if you're a Jew, if you're a Gentile, if you're a Baptist, if you're a Pentecostal, if you're a Roman Catholic, or if you're an atheist. It makes absolutely no difference who you are. Every single person is sold into bondage to sin. We all are slaves to sin. Jesus said in John chapter, I believe it's in John chapter 8, he says, look, if you commit sin, then you're the servant of sin. You're the slave of sin. And every one of us have sinned. There's not a person alive on the face of this earth that has not sinned. We're all in bondage to sin. This notion that man is inherently good, that's heresy. This notion that man uh, doesn't have any original sin, that's heresy. This notion that mankind is basically good, that's heresy. We're all sinners. As it is written, Paul is about to make the case, and these verses that I'm about to read, Paul is making the case from the Old Testament. And Paul is bringing in all these Old Testament references. And I encourage you, I don't have time to get into all the details. Run these references. If you've got a, a good reference Bible, then the references will probably be in the margin of your Bible. As it is written, there is none good, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. You say, but I was raised in church and I, I, I went to mass and I, I took communion and I was baptized and I, I preached and I taught Sunday school and I done all these wonderful things. Jesus said in Matthew 7, many will say to me in that day, and he's talking about the day of judgment, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Have we not prophesied in thy name? 
and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Then will I profess unto them in that day, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. There's going to be many that say, Lord, Lord, we've done all these good deeds. We've, we've done all these religious deeds. I mean, surely that's good enough to get us into heaven. I got news for you. You cannot work your way to heaven. And I cannot work my way to heaven. You, you can live a thousand lifetimes and be a member of a thousand churches and be baptized in every creek till every tadpole knows you by name. And if you've never trusted in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, you'll split hell wide open. Jesus said, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, well, we prophesied, we, we cast out devils, we've done all these great, wonderful works. We were religious, we were good. I mean, surely that's good enough to get us into heaven. Jesus is going to say, depart from me. There's none that doeth good. You say, but I'm basically good. I've never killed anybody. There's none that doeth good. There's none good, no, not one. But what about the Pope? You know what? There's none that doeth good. What about Billy Graham? There's none that doeth good. What about John MacArthur? There's none that doeth good. What about my pastor? There's none that doeth good. What about me? There's none that doeth good. The Bible's answer is emphatic over and over and over again. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. But 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 wait a minute. Uh, what about uh, seeking after God and all that? The Bible said there's none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. That word unprofitable means useless. There's none that seeketh after God. They're all gone out of the way. And then it repeats, there's none that doeth good. No, not one. Read Psalm 14. God looked down from heaven and beheld the sons of men to see if there were any that sought after him. You know what the verdict was? They're all wicked. And you know what? When God sees the heart of every single man, boy, man, boy, woman, child, doesn't matter who you are, our hearts are wicked. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Who's he talking about? He's talking about you. He's talking about me. You say, but but I, I'm good-hearted. I have a good heart. Let me tell you what the Bible says. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You say, oh, that's Old Testament. That's Jeremiah. Okay, well, let me tell you what Jesus said in Matthew 16. Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murder, adultery, fornication, blasphemy. All those things come from the heart. Jesus said that. Oh, but but I've got a good heart, and uh, so-and-so is good-hearted, and they give you the shirt off their back. You know what? If they die without Jesus Christ, that those good deeds will amount to nothing but filthy rags. You say, well, that sounds harsh. You're being mean-spirited. No, that's the truth. 
You see, you cannot have the good news without the bad news. And the bad news is, there's none that doeth good. We've all sinned, every one of us. We deserve hell. God is just. And because God is just, we all deserve hell. We're in bondage to sin. We can't. We can't. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, I'm in verse 19 of Romans 3. We know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. All the world may become guilty before God. Doesn't matter who you are. If you reject the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to listen. When you stand before God on Judgment Day, the gavel is going to come down and you're going to be declared guilty before God. And because you are guilty before God, you'll be cast into the lake of fire that burns with brimstone for all of eternity. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The only thing the law can do is show us our sin. It shows us that we are sinful. It shows us that we are guilty. But then it does another thing. It shows us the person of Jesus Christ. It shows us that God Almighty is perfect and he knew no sin. It exposes our sin. It points us to the Savior. I hope I'm making sense because I'm having to move quickly. Let me give you the gist. The gist of it is this. Here's the bad news. Every one of us is born into this world sinful. David said in Psalm 51, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. The wicked go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. That's what the Psalms say. We are born in this world sinful. And because of our sin, we deserve hell. We've all broken God's law. Because of that, we are wicked, we're fallen, we're depraved, and there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. By the law is the knowledge of sin. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. You can't save yourself. I can't save myself. We need a Savior. We need a Savior. We cannot be saved on our own. The Christmas season, what we're about to celebrate, is that Savior coming into this world. You see, here's now here's the good news. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you're saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. And that's not preaching work salvation. I don't I hear this verse taken out of context. It makes me sick. He says, by which also you're saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. That phrase, keep in memory, simply means you hold fast to what you've believed. 
I've given you the gospel and you're holding fast. He's talking about the fruit of salvation, not the root. He's not saying, do this and you'll be saved. He's saying, this shows that you already are saved. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sin, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scripture, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. For I delivered unto you, first of all, for I delivered unto you as of first importance. There's nothing more important than this. How that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. The bad news is we've all sinned. But you know what? The good news is this. Christ came into this world to save sinners. You see, when Jesus hung on the cross, he became sin for us. He became your sin. You say, what do you mean he became my sin? All of our sin was placed upon him. He was made sin for us who knew no sin. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Jesus Christ literally became our sin. My sin and your sin was punished on the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. He bore the wrath of God on our behalf. He took our place. He died the death we should have died. He voluntarily died in our place. Christ died for our sin. He died as our sin. He became our sacrificial lamb and died in our place, bore the wrath of God we deserve. God the Father judged our sin upon Christ. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's the good news. The good news is simply this. Yes, we've sinned and yes, we deserve wrath and we deserve hell. But the good news is Jesus Christ came into this world. He was born perfect. He was born of a virgin. And he lived a perfect sinless life. Never one time sinned. Lived the life we should have lived the life that we could not live. He died the death that we should have died. And he voluntarily took your place and took my place. Died in our stead. Died in our place. Bore the wrath of God on our behalf. He was our Passover lamb. He was our sacrificial lamb. And he died in our place. And he died, he died as you and I was placed in a tomb and three days later rose from the dead victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He conquered death. He conquered sin, proving once and for all that he is the Son of God. Purchased our redemption, ascended into heaven, and is right now at the right hand of his Father making intercession for you and for me. Thank God for the gospel. And you know what? At Christmas time, this, that's what we celebrate. The Word was made flesh, dwelt among us. That's the good news of the gospel. He became sin 
who knew no sin. He was born to die. And all you have to do is put your faith and trust in him. Faith alone. Go back with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans 1 16 is the power of God unto salvation. That word power is the Greek word dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite from. The gospel is the dynamite power of God unto salvation. It's got the dynamite power to break off the chains in your life. It's got the dynamite power. Once that dynamite explodes in your life, you become a brand new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When that dynamite explodes in your life, you will not be the same. When salvation comes your way, you will never be the same. The drug addict will never be a drug addict again. The alcoholic will not be an alcoholic anymore. Hey, the one that lives in sin will live in sin no longer. It'll change your life. Hey, you'll never be the same. When that dynamite goes off in your life, hey, you'll never be the same. It'll change your life. You'll become a brand new creation, brand new creature, brand new person. The thief will be a thief no longer. Hey, you'll never be the same. You'll become a brand new person. I wish some of you could get a hold of what I'm saying. Because it breaks my heart to see the lives that, that some people live. Hey, people I know personally, if you'll just get a hold of what I'm saying to you, if you'll just get a hold of the gospel, you'll never be the same. I see people all the time, they, they live in a constant state of depression. And I'm not knocking if you suffer from depression, don't get me wrong. But you know what, there's some people that choose to live that way. There's people that live constantly in the chains and the bondage of sin that has a hold of their life. I see it all the time. And because of that bondage, they're miserable. Hey, I'm here to tell you the good news, there's hope. And that hope, his name is Jesus Christ. That's why Paul said, I'm not ashamed. That's why Paul said, I'm ready to preach the gospel. There's so many people. God said it in the book of Isaiah. They pray unto a God that cannot save them. They've got idols in their life that they turn to. They turn to alcohol, drugs, sex. They turn to all kinds of things. They've got these little idols in their life they bow down to. I got news for you. Those, those idols are false. They're vanity. They will not satisfy you. God said, look unto me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. And God the Father sent his only begotten Son into this world to become your sin. He became your addiction. He became your sin. And all you got to do is cry out unto him. Look unto him and be saved. Look to him. I wish I could look into your eyes right now and beg and plead with you to look unto him. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, 
that whosoever believeth on him shall be saved, shall come into everlasting life. Believe on Jesus Christ. Believe on him. It's the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. doesn't matter how good you are. doesn't matter how bad you are. doesn't matter what skin color you are. It doesn't matter what your ethnicity is, how good or how bad you may think you are. The gospel is the power of God to save you from hell. Thank God. To everyone that believeth. You say, you mean all I got to do is believe? I didn't say it. The Bible said it. Believe. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believe on Him. Believe in Jesus Christ. And you will be saved. It's that simple. That is the gospel. That is the good news. This episode was short and sweet. I just wanted to keep this episode simple. I had a plan. Originally, my original idea for today's episode was to take you back to the Psalms and show you the messianic prophecies of the coming of Christ. But you know what? I truly feel strongly in my soul. Someone needs to hear this episode. And I'm here to tell you there's hope. I'm here to tell you that hope is found in a person. It's not found in a bottle. It's not found in a needle. It's not found in another person. It's found in Christ and Him alone. Hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Join us next week for another episode of the Overcomer Podcast. And I'll go ahead and say this. Christmas Day, the 25th, that falls on a Friday. There will not be an episode that day. I have things I have to do, and I know a lot of a lot of you out there will be busy that week and that day. So the 25th, there will not be an episode, but I hope and I pray that you will join me next Friday for the Overcomer Podcast. God bless you.